Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Everybody, welcome back to Talk Purpose and Truth. It's Kim and Eden. Hey, Eden. Hi, Kim. Hi, hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode of Talk Purpose and Truth. How are yeah. you, Kim? I'm awesome. Um, we're excited to be here and. Our topic is related to something I'm celebrating. So I'm celebrating that this month I have not drank alcohol, been sober for one year. And wow. <laughs> so our, our topic and our guest is going to be all around habits, vices, mental health, addiction, nutrition, wellness, all of that. And for me, it was interesting why I stopped because I... A year ago, it seems it really honestly seems like it was five years ago, but um, for quite a few years, I was having still up and down a little bit with hormonal symptoms, and it was really, really psycho, like extreme. I've talked about it on the show before, so I'm just going to summarize it, but extreme anxiety, which I never experienced before like that, and weird symptoms like insomnia, nausea, all kinds of weird stuff, but it would be constant nonstop with heart racing and just no breaks. And I couldn't find the right remedy. I tried like 25 different diets and doctors and herbal remedies and natural hormones and you name it. And, you know, finally now have the right medication that's really making a difference. But throughout that time, I had gotten in the habit of kind of easing the feelings and the stress of it all with glasses of wine every night. And I had never been a big drinker, never been someone who went and got wasted or anything like that. And it just became a habit. And then it got so bad that when the hormonal symptoms got out of hand, I would drink way too much and it just got really ugly. And I ended up having to completely stop. And mm -hmm. It's been the best decision because I feel like my six sensory abilities are stronger. I feel more present and in the now. I remember things better. Even, even though I didn't drink that much before, I still experience things like concerts or traveling with way more appreciation and just present feelings like of what's going on and remembering. So it's just been really awesome. And so I'm proud to say that it's it's been a year. And it made me think about, you know, that I feel like would be in the category that it became an addiction, but also there's habits and vices and sometimes habits and vices can become addictions. And so it's interesting to go into that because I think almost everyone has that in some form. And it's almost like a, a I don't know, a paradigm that people feel like they have to have a habit or a vice. Like, well, you got to have something. It's almost like a belief, a limiting belief. And so I would love to discuss that a little more today. And so we, we just thought that we would bring on this amazing guest that can talk more about that with us. And so I want to introduce Maria Mizzi, 
And I have known her for, I think it's been like 10 years. We met through Kyle Wilson. We've done so many events, workshops, masterminds, girls' nights, retreats, you name it. She was in one of my book projects, Inspirational Influencers, as an author. So she's a number one bestselling author. And she is a nutrition expert, fitness expert, trainer, everything, wellness expert, speaker, and writer. And she's just really well-versed on feeling great, how to feel great in your skin, physically, emotionally, and mentally. So I want to welcome you, Maria. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm excited to be here on this day for you. One year celebration. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Congratulations. First of all, you know, we talk probably 20 times a day, <laughs> not necessarily on the phone, but a lot of texting. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was a year for you. And yeah, I'm proud of you. Never know where life's going to take you. And I learned that, you know, I thought like, well, wait a minute, I don't, I don't have a problem. And no one was thinking I had a problem because I've never, I've never really been a drunk person or anything like that. And I learned that if addictions in your family, and sometimes even if it's not, you could develop a problem just by little adding to have a drink more here, drink more there, and it just becomes this habit. And then it can become addiction. And mine was based on self-medicating because I couldn't find the right remedy. And I was just desperate and in fight or flight mode. But I don't want to risk it by ever drinking again, because I felt the grossest I've ever felt in my life. And so I ended up, you know, getting sober. Yeah. Well, proud of you, like I said. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's, it's a big deal. Um, so Maria, first question I wanted to know, just, can you tell us a little bit about how you got here in your purpose? Do you feel like you're in your purpose now and how, how did you get here? Yeah, definitely. I think our purpose is always evolving too, but I do feel like I'm in purpose right now. And I did get here from kind of my own habits. So it's a great correlation. Um, My own habits were I was working a lot and I was really unhealthy and I really didn't understand the concept of nutrition so much. I mean, we hear so much about diets and eat this, eat that, but those things weren't helping me or fixing me either. So I was really looking into other ways to feel better and lose the weight, not feel so yucky, even like you um, explained it, Kim. And I I really was going to doctors. I started going to, you know, different kinds of um, doctors who were more focused on the medical aspect of it. And I wasn't getting the answers that I needed. Some some of them actually told me, you know, you're just neglecting yourself. You're just going to have to do better. That was literally an answer from a doctor. And (laughs) I was heartbroken after that moment. And that was almost the switch up for me because it made me realize I was missing something in my life. I wasn't actually taking good care of myself and I didn't know what the meaning of what that was. So I started off on the track of focusing on my body. Like most of us would work, like we can see this on the outside. So I started focusing on the physical aspect of the body, more of the 
exercise, the fitness, and that started to work, but I still wasn't feeling clear. I still wasn't feeling like I was being nourished and I had the right energy that I needed. And that's when I got into the nutrition aspect of it after that, that just moving my body wasn't the answer. I had to focus on nourishing myself. As I started understanding the nourishment part of food, it brought me to what my real purpose is, is helping people nourish their whole self, not only their body, but also their mindset, their psychology, how they're thinking, and how they're taking care of themselves spiritually, whether it's in a community, if they have an environment, something that they do for themselves. So by bringing all that together, that helped me get better and feel good. And now I, I feel like my job is to make sure that I feel good all the time and to teach people, others, other people how to feel good as well. Yeah. And it's, it's like a all goes together, mind, body, spirit, everything. And that's, that's like true healing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it took time for me to figure that out. I mean, I yeah. literally went through different evolutions of myself and it, like you said, purpose, it just gave my purpose a new meaning and kind of moved that track a little bit. Yeah, Maria. And I love how you're always very authentic with sharing like before and after photos and what, you know, what you felt like when you worked in corporate and also you're really good at helping people know how to get into kind of like a flow in life and feel that inner peace and wellness. How would you give audience members that feel really stressed right now and just feel kind of in a state of overwhelm, maybe from their lives, the world, the pandemic, what are some tips on feeling more in the flow and inner peace with life? Mm-hmm. There, there's so many, the, the, it's kind of an endless answer, which is great. And I found that out going through things. I like to say, start simple. So do something that we can do immediately. If you, if you want to start to feel better and feel good in your body, do something immediately. And the first thing you could do is maybe it's just moving your body a little bit more. Something that helps uh, jumping, doing jumping jacks, doing a little bit of, you know, dancing, singing to your favorite song. Those are really simple things that you can do right away that will give you a quick turnaround so you can start to feel a little bit better fast. Those are my favorites that I kind of jump right into. And then you can go into a little bit of journaling and you can, I like to have an idea when I go into journal and I decide what I want to feel like. Maybe it's later, maybe it's next week, maybe it's next month. And I'll journal a visualization on how I want to feel so I can kind of lift myself up and start to feel better. And I use that with clients as well. Do you say, do you say I want to, or do you act as if when you're writing? Yeah, as if it's definitely in the present. I do mine in in the present in the I am. I am, you know, at, you know, feeling great. I am on this vacation. I am whatever it is that you are looking to feel. You really put yourself in that present place. Presence is really important. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so earlier Kim talked about that she feels like people I think are maybe programmed to thinking that they need habits and vices. So do you think that's true that we really have to have those or is there a healthier way? Mm-hmm. I think we do need habits, um, but I don't think it needs to be something that is a habit that serves you. So habits are important. And I, I hear like people do say, you know, we need those negative habits and vices. I don't think we necessarily need them. 
but we do need to go through them so we can come out the other side a little bit better. And, you know, even in your example, Kim, what you went through, how you had this habit that wasn't really serving you, but now that you're on the other side of that, you are in a better place. You're clearer than you ever were. You're able to experience things differently. So sometimes the habit is there to teach us something, but I don't think we need them. Right. Well, what about people that, that say, you know, I feel so stressed out. So I have to go do this, like shop or, you know, do something that is stress relieving. How would they shift that habit into something that is more positive? And, and I think part of it would be asking the person, well, how is it making you feel? Are you feeling guilty? You know, is it making you actually feel higher or lower? Because a lot of people will say, like, let's say it's eating. I know that people, it make them feel better for 20 minutes, but then they'll actually feel worse. Right, exactly. When we have a habit, I found that it's important, especially in the way that I work with people, it's important to replace it with something. Most of the time I'm working with people in making better food choices. So if there's, you know, something that they're doing, and a lot of times, you know, it is, it's food choices, it's the things that we're drinking. Sometimes, you know, even as you mentioned, we wanted that the wine to just kind of soothe that pain. Sometimes people pick chocolate. Sometimes people pick, a lot of times there's sugar, there's all different things. So we need to swap it out for something else. So if every night, you know, we're going home and we're eating ice cream or we're drinking a couple of glasses of wine, we can't just decide to stop that and say, okay, I'm done. And I'm, not going to do that anymore. This is what I'm going to do for now on. We need to replace that habit with something else. So we need to find a better vice or a better habit to put in its place because there's always going to be something that is going to need to be in that place of that habit. So we replace that with something else. And that's the first thing that I will do is we'll take make a simple shift. So we'll swap it out. So every night, maybe somebody is doing this. What is something else that we can do? And what I found that has been really helpful in that is putting yourself in the place of that feeling before you get there. Because once you're there and you need that particular vice or that habit and you feel like, oh my gosh, I need this because I don't want to feel this, this pain or this negative thing that's going on. We're going to go to that vice that we know because we know that works. So in order to make sure we don't go back to that every time, I work with clients and we rehearse the situation. So typically when this happens, when you need this food, when you need this drink, what else can we put in that place? When you're feeling that way, why do you think you need that? What else can we do? What's something else that we can put there? So it's replacing it with something else. Hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I know that I'll look at somebody like there's some rock stars out there like, for example, Paul Stanley or Gene Simmons. Maria loves all this music, too. Yeah. Um, from Kiss. And they both don't drink and never have. Now, I don't know about Gene because he maybe has had quite some vices through the years. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but Paul, I know he will post things like, um, oh, I just went on, like, a 20-mile bike ride. And that's, you know, making the endorphins go up. And so I think part of it is that argument in our mind, too. Like, oh, well we kind of just like surpass all of the practical things and go straight to the thing that's going to give us quick relief. And mm -hmm. so how, how do we best shift something like that? Like 
maybe something other than food, even like if it's something that someone's in the bad habit of every single day shopping on Amazon or even maybe the bad habit of when they get upset, they start saying bad words or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting idea when, if they're, if they have, it's the same concept because even if it's not food, if you're feeling that feeling of, Hey, I need to go shopping to get away from the way I'm feeling or this negative thought, we need to practice something else in that place. What can we do instead of going out and going shopping? What are some things that serve you? What are some things that you enjoy? So for me, instead of going out and going shopping, I would say that was probably one of my vices many years ago that I would go out and go shopping because I amassed a lot of things that I didn't need. And that's when I realized that, hey, I don't need to go shopping that much. Why am I doing this? And it was soothing a way I didn't want to feel that I didn't want to feel that negativity. So Mm -hmm. I sat down and said, okay, instead of going shopping, because I really don't enjoy going, but it's a habit and I keep doing it and I keep buying things. What else can I put in its place? So I found other ideas when I wasn't feeling that negative feeling or feeling like I needed to escape that I would rather do. And I made a list of those. So, you know, for me, for me, a lot of times it's doing something that is movement. It's getting outside, getting outside in nature. So finding something else that you can shift that energy to that thought process to of what you usually do. I know I said that twice already, but I found that that has been one of the, the crucial turning point for most people. Yeah. I feel like that's can also apply to, well, can apply to anything, but like OCD, OCD thoughts, things like that. Okay. Sure. And then like, speaking of that, so I know it's pretty common for people to be hard on themselves. Kim and I do that a lot, especially with the weight fluctuations, like body image, things like that. Um, even on bad hair days and (laughs) we don't look our best. There's, you know, I guess basically it's about what we look like on the outside. That's Mm -hmm. really what we focus a lot on. And we have all this critical thinking. So um, what's your advice about accepting ourselves, loving ourselves more? Mm -hmm. Yes. Such an important thing and such a difficult thing to do. I know. That's right. The first thing I would say to do is you really need to honor where you are and how you're feeling. So if you're not feeling well, or you don't feel good in your body, or you're looking at yourself in in a certain way, just kind of notice that and observe that and just honor that particular situation in how you're feeling. So you could start to move on to that and then come into the present and really just ask yourself these things that you're thinking, are they really true? This is a really important thought to think because especially And when we're thinking about our body and what we're looking at, we don't feel our best and our hair isn't going the way it's supposed to just really ask yourself and ask it kind of like in a strange way. Is is it really true? Is it really true that this is the worst hair day I've had ever in my life and I can't be seen by anybody? (laughs) That's not true, right? Really kind of bring it back down to, you know, a surface level that we can kind of work with and then allow yourself to find something that you do love about yourself and bring Mm -hmm. that back into focus and take away the, the negativity that's right in front of you that you're saying about yourself, push that away and bring something positive about yourself right in that, that clarity of space. I like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have not. I have not been doing that that way. I like that. I was. It's interesting because I was reading Cameron Diaz had an interview recently, and she was talking about that, like body image and aging and all mm. of. And she said she used to be way more obsessive and that now that she's almost 50, she's gotten in the habit of less and less looking in the mirror for long periods of time because she said that she would stare in the mirror and then eventually find things that she was critiquing instead of just like glancing in the mirror and going, I love myself. Okay, I'm good. I don't need to obsess, you know, and I like that. And just, you know, getting in that moderation. I mean, I'm all about being glamorous and upkeep but in moderation so that you're not obsessing and then a lot of times women end up not even looking like themselves they obsess so much and I think it's an epidemic and I think one of the things that is helpful is actually you know we end up a lot of us I think most of us end up looking at people in the media if we google celebrities with no makeup or you know celebrity photos you know in a bikini or whatever, you start going, okay, you know, she has cellulite or, oh, she has wrinkles or she doesn't look as glamorous without makeup. And you start going, okay, they're normal too. They have airbrushing, you mm-hmm. know, they have a lot more money to get procedures done or whatever. And so I think it starts to make it that everyone's human and that we're all imperfectly perfect you know, and um, had to had to do a plug for imperfectly perfect campaign. But, just, you know, <laughs> so um, but yeah, so I I think that I love that what you're saying because we all have something that it, it's very hard to not at least find one thing that you mm-hmm. love about yourself. You know, absolutely, yeah. And, and and when we start that, we can typically find more. You know, and, and that's how we we can increase our own you know, vibrational frequency by just seeing and thinking about those positive things in ourselves. And sometimes if we can't find it in ourselves, we can ask somebody else and they'll probably give us a list because it's much easier for them to share something about us than it is about ourselves. But then uh, I know for for me, I probably wouldn't believe them. (laughs) (laughs) Eat it. Well, 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 there's another thought. There's another belief system. There's another thought there. (laughs) You're old up until now. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we, we've talked about this on the show before, and I know you've done this, Maria, but Jessica Smith was on our show like a year and a half ago and um, talking about, can you make a list of a hundred things you love about yourself? And I have found, you know, even in the last year or so working with clients that a lot of people have trouble even making 10 And usually I'll help them along. I'll go, well, what about this? What about this? What does your husband say? Or what does your friend say? Like you just said, Maria. But I think everyone listening, that's a great way, you know, get that list done of at least, you know, at least like 30 things, Eden, uh, that (laughs) that I have yet to do that. I did. I think I need to do it again. But I did do it at that time when Jessica challenged. But I think that if we constantly remind ourselves, then our mind will start for those things. Is that true, Maria? Absolutely. The, the, the reminder is, is so important. 
Absolutely. Because it's like a practice. You're playing that record over and over, right? So now oftentimes we're playing negativity over and over in our head. Mm -hmm. We have like, I don't know, so many thoughts a day and most of them are negative about ourselves and we're playing the same one. So if we can switch that and start to say positive things about ourselves, how much better will we feel? Yeah. It's just catching ourselves, you know, and, and being on top of that. Absolutely. Awareness is so important, right? That's when you start to catch yourself when you get that awareness of, wait, what am I doing? I'm doing that thing again, or I'm doing that habit again. What can I do to change that up? Right. Right. Absolutely. So going back to today's times with what's been going on with lockdown, and I think there's lack of connection and, you know, women get so much from connecting with other women and getting, you know, positivity from just doing things out in the world. Now that we haven't been able to, now it's opening up finally, but now that we haven't been able to for a couple of years, what do you think is most important for women right now to, to just make a difference, to feel good, to still feel like they're making a difference and empowered without, without feeling discouraged by everything that's going on and kind of shutting down? Mm-hmm. I, I think for everybody, but especially for women is do things that make you feel good. Like find that one or two things that you can do for you that make you feel good, that you can amplify to other people. I, I often tell, especially when I'm working with a women, women in my you know business, that if you do things that you make you feel good, that's going to amplify out to your family. So they're going to start to feel that just as if you're not feeling good and you're doing things that aren't serving you, the people around you are going to feel that as well. So find things that make you feel good. So you still can come back out into the world. A lot of times we have not been, you know, seeing people. We have some people have been on camera a lot, but a lot of people haven't been out in the world, so to speak. So now we're getting back into the world. So finding that confidence again, to be out there and be your best self, maybe revisiting some of the things that you've done in the past that made you feel good would be a good option to start with. Definitely. And men too, for sure. And I think men tend to, a higher percentage of men tend to overwork and like put put all their energy into that. And Mm -hmm. so I think your advice right now would be extra important for men too, is just to, to find things that also are creative self-expression other than just work, even if work is their passion, just finding other things, you know, I'm going back to funny. It just popped in my head, but going back to like rock stars, um, one of the guys from the lead singer of Buck Cherry, he posted like during in between, you know, the pandemic and, and during COVID instead of performing because he couldn't perform, he actually became a phlebotomist to give back because of what was going on. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? And that just with his spare time until he could perform again. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, exactly. It's things like that. Finding something else that will fit your purpose, right? Something else that will allow you to serve or be the best you or, you know, get out to the world. I love that idea. I haven't heard that. Yeah, maybe not. I I don't know if I'd want to do that, but (laughs) (laughs) I, I can't very well <laughs> yeah that part's not for everybody <laughs> yeah for him to to choose that i'm sure it was to kind of be able to help in any way in the way that he thought would best 
help people right now, but I am sure there's some part of him that was maybe in his subconscious wanting to do that. Some, you know, maybe for a while it's been in the back of his mind. I mean, no, you wouldn't just choose that. I, I don't know. That's what I think. <laughs> right. I work in a, in a morgue, you know, they have to have something yeah. for that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It definitely takes a specific mindset to be able to do that. Right. To deal right. with blood and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I know this is a total tangent, but what about a gynecologist? Mm -hmm. why, why would someone choose to be that? <laughs> I always wonder about that. We're born, we're born with our calling, I think. I think yeah. so. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be a calling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Maria, do you work with men, too? I do, yes. Okay. Mo most often I'm working with women, but yeah, I definitely work with men and yeah, they, they, they're actually great to work with. They're really great listeners and they really follow the protocols as they go through them. So mm -hmm. their transformations are always fun too. Yeah. yeah. Your husband, Vance, her husband um, did a transformation two years ago, right? He Didn't he lose a hundred pounds or something? Yeah, he did. Yes, yes, yes. He's actually on his next evolution of change and he's been doing great again. So oh, that's really amazing. Is he one of your clients? Uh, well, I, I guess he would be a client, right? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't pay you, but. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I often tell people he was probably my first client. Uh -huh. um, when, before I started in the business, I you know, was going through everything myself and healing my own body. And he had asked me the same question, like, hey, what are you doing? Can you show me what to do? And uh, that's how it all started. And his transformation, I think, was so amazing. And he, he stuck with it. And it just was great. And the other men that I worked with as well, they, if you really follow the protocol, they're very driven. Like you said, Kim, they, they usually go into their work and they're focused on that. So if you give them work to work on themselves, I really see the change happen. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, here's a personal question. Okay. <laughs> what makes you feel alive and what sets your soul on fire? We've been asking every, we're going to start asking everybody this question. Nice. What makes you feel alive and what sets your soul on fire? Mm -hmm. Oh, I definitely think what makes me feel alive is just being around really positive, energetic people, um, positivity who are making a change in the world that really makes me feel alive and it, it also sets me on fire. And what sets me on fire is really being in this world today and being able to help the world become better by serving people. And that really sets me on fire, knowing that, because I know that we all don't know that, what that thing is that makes us happy. And I feel on fire because I feel like I figure that out, you know, each time I go through my, different changes in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I say that. Yeah. That's a blessing. I just posted something about that because I think that people get down on themselves if they don't have the exact purpose or calling. And I had posted something I found that said, what if your calling is to spread kindness, you know, or uplift someone with your words, you know, regularly. And so I think, you know, it doesn't necessarily always have to be some exact title. And for some of us, it is, you know, that he keeps evolving, like you said, Maria. But yeah, um, yeah for, for those listening, it might be, you know, 
not that many people are completely kind, you know, all the time. So, so spreading kindness could be one of them. Spreading kindness is wonderful. That is a great purpose. <laughs> I just saw something. Yeah. And I just saw, where did I see it? Somewhere online today. I'm going to look at it so I don't read it wrong. Um, and I just thought this was so good. Um, we must shine our lights so others can see through the darkness. And I always heard when, the, yeah, yeah, I always heard when they, you know, people say, especially the light workers, just be the light, be the light. But this really explains why we need to be the light. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, it also explains why we need to work on ourselves first. Mm -hmm. If we work on ourselves and heal everything that we can and become the light more and more, then we in turn can help heal others and guide others. Yeah. So I love, that's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Bingo. <laughs> right. <laughs> so simple. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tell us a little more like your description of what you do, what, what's evolved out of what you do and what do you feel is the most meaningful to you? Like if you could only pick one of those things, which one would you choose to do? Um, well, I, I guess we're kind of doing them uh, like evolve business-wise. Well, what do you do as your purpose? Like what, what are the things on, I know you do quite a few things. So what are some of the things that you offer people and clients and, and what you feel most on purpose doing, but mm -hmm. if then after that, if you could only pick one of those, what would you gotcha. pick? Okay. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's an umbrella of things I would say, and, and I'll kind of go through the umbrella, do mostly nutrition coaching, you know, working with the nutrition aspect of it do uh, fitness work as well. That was where I kind of started when I got out of corporate and I do life coaching as well. And I kind of put those all under one umbrella um, as I have been working over the years. And I started out doing one, then I would focus on the other one and then I would focus on one and then I bought them all together. So if I was to take them apart again, keeping it kind of really simple, I think if I focused on one, it would probably be life coaching because within life coaching, I could probably sneak in the other two. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> she, she went through, Skylar went through my life coach program and so did Maria. And then Maria referred me to her sister and her cousin who also went through my life coach program. So I know you add a lot of your own expertise and things that you've gathered through the years, but um, it's an honor that you did that. Yeah, it was a great program. Absolutely. And I love referring people to it because we need, we need more coaches out there and life coaches and people that we can number one, transform ourselves. Even if we use that program just to make ourselves better, that's going to emanate out to anyone else that is around us. But if we want to take it to the next level and help others and do that as a service, phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Very needed. Yes. And especially uh, these days, too. Yes. I know, um, like they've been saying with the war or not sure if it's yet war, but with what's going on in the world right now, it's just going to keep more and more people are going to keep popping up with needing therapy and, needing life coaching yeah yeah, yeah the, i was just i saw that on tv the mental health is just so like it's one of the lowest um you know however you say it like the highest percentage of people that have mental health 
um, struggles right now. So, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, Eden, I thought of something funny. So when we first, so Eden and I knew each other from high school and like a few parties after high school, probably. And, <laughs> but I ignored you. But not, yeah, we were like, oh, wait. <laughs> we were, <laughs> yes. And, um, and she was, you know, in a senior when I was a sophomore and, so we reconnected on Facebook just because we have a million mutual friends. And then Eden, I don't know if you remember this, but the reason you reached out to me way before we really reconnected was because you were like, hmm, maybe I want to become a life coach. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. I, do. I know. Yeah. It was like 2000, maybe like 13. And then we reconnected in 2016 because I wanted a reading. Right. So isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow. I know. It's crazy where the world takes you. Yeah. I We're love going- that you guys knew each other in school. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, I was intimidated by her and she was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I was, wait, what'd you say? You were intimidated. And, and what was the other thing? You were intimidating. Oh, I thought you said something else. Okay. And like, and like my friend Sheila and I, we'd be like, oh, Eden, cause, cause you were a cheerleader and we were like, and you were senior. And when you're a sophomore, seniors are really like, that's a big deal. Sure. And so we're like, she said hi to us today. Whoa. <laughs> oh <laughs> wow. <my God. laughs> it's so funny that I even remember that. Did, did I, did I say hi? I don't you, remember. I, times. Like, I think just because of theater people and we knew people and I don't know, somehow we'd end up. <laughs> you know, at the same parties because of mutual friends and stuff. But say hi, but we didn't like, we never hung out. Yeah. (laughs) And look at you guys today. You're like so close. Oh my gosh. You would have never predicted. No. (laughs) You might have predicted it. Who knows? (laughs) Maybe in a reading. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So the last thing we just wanted to make sure that you get to share anything that you want to tell the audience about things that you have coming up, how they can find you, any of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me on social media. You can find me at Maria Mizzy, or you, uh, you can check out Instagram. That's a pretty hot place where I hang out. Uh, Maria Mizzy coach, or, and I'd love to give your audience something as well. I just finished creating a, um, a whole, it's, it's a menu. It's kind of like a really simple meal detox. And you could get that right at my website. It's at mariamizzy.com forward slash one day detox. And I've created some cool recipes there that are easy and that you'll feel good after you eat them. I like people to know how to feel good after they eat food. So these are feel good foods and really easy to make. It's at mariamizzy.com forward slash one day detox. Can you tell them how to spell your last name? Yes. The name is the full name. It's Maria Mizzy. M-A-R-I-A-M-I-Z-Z-I. Okay. Well, that sounds really cool. I'm going to check that out. And for people that, because we have a lot of people that listen from all over the place. And so you do virtual, like different things, training and calls and things like that as well, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially these last few years, right? Definitely virtual coaching on, you know, planning out nutrition plans, really focusing on nourishing the whole self, body, mind, and spirit. So going over that full nutrition transformation. Awesome. 
Well, thank you, Maria. We loved having you and it was just a great conversation and so helpful and I learned a lot. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. Love you. <laughs> thank Have you. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com. And follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook.